What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to a great show. I'm excited for this one. We got the man. We got Tyler Wall jumping on. Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every day. And I say this whenever we have the really good guests on, we're just going to jump right into it because we always run out of time before you run out of questions. Mr. Tyler Wall jumping on. Uh, thank you for jumping on for starters. I want to ask you this. How's your your last season in Madison going? And is there any loophole we can find to get you to stay one more year? Of course. Thank, thanks for having me on. Um, I don't know if there's any, any extra eligibility left hanging around, maybe in Gary's office in the equipment room, but he's not handing those out too, uh, too often. So... <laughs> Well, if we can find it, let's do it. Um, I want to, I want to start a little bit, just really quickly, go back to last year, coming off that that big time Kansas game where you really kind of diced them up. That's a game we should have won, by the way. Obviously, his foot was out of bounds. We should have won that game. And then you had the ankle injury about a week later, missed three games. How much did that throw you off though after those three games? Because it felt like you were never fully back to where you were in the beginning of that year. Well, I, I mean, I got hurt. Um, that was really the first time I've really gotten hurt and, and set out a, a bunch of games where, um, in the past I've maybe set out one here and there. Um, but that was the first time where I really missed a set amount of time. And so for me, it was just coming back, maybe a push a little too early or maybe not. Um, but for me, it was just seeing my team, we lost a few games during that stretch. And so it was, it was hard for me to, to really sit there and kind of watch that happen. So I was, I was in the training room every day, um, getting myself as, as back as better as, as best I could be. Um, but then there's something about that that Big Ten season where you're not going to be um, 100% healthy all the time. So I um, pushed myself to get back, um, came back, um, probably not moving as, as well as I have been prior to that point, and um, maybe maybe not as physical, not as explosive as I was, um, but just dugged it out throughout the year. Um, we were able to still win a few games, um, not the worst season ever, uh, but we definitely didn't end up where we wanted to be. And so with that, um, as soon as the season was ended, figure out that I was going to come back. Um, once I sat down, really um, had the conversations with my family, had the had the time to myself to just relax and think about it. It was an easy decision to come back. Um, and so after that, it was just really getting healthy and getting getting my body ready to go for the for the workouts in the summer and the upcoming year. Well, let me talk about ending last year. So obviously, this is a winning program. You've been a part of a lot of winning, competitive guy. Going to the NIT, what is that like in a locker room that you guys have higher expectations for that than that? You all, you come in every year that way. What is that like? Is it harder to get up for those games? Um, yeah, I mean, that that first one was definitely interesting because it, it was kind of un, uncharted territory where we never really usually make it to the NCAA tournament, putting it brutally honest. But uh, that the first couple practices were kind of weird. Um, you didn't know really what to think. But then uh, as soon as that ball tipped off, for that first NIT game. And so we get, we get another opportunity to show um, that we're a good basketball team. We're good basketball players. And so that was kind of that, that last, last three or four games there that we played. Um, we were just out there having fun, playing the game again, getting the extra, the extra minutes that not every team gets to have in the postseason. Well, and then coming into this year, um, you stated some of the goals, expectations. What is the biggest difference with this team this year from the end of last year? Um, I think last year um, we had a few guys beat up. We weren't as deep. Um, we only had we had less guys on the roster, so we couldn't we couldn't pull guys off the bench. And then I just feel like this this year we got a lot of new freshmen who want minutes. We got 
AJ transfer. We got guys returning that all want minutes. And so there's only so many minutes that are out there to play. And so I just think that the difference between last year and this year is health and depth. And we got nine, 10 guys, that, nine, 10, 11 guys that can be out there on the court at any given moment. Talk to me about AJ. So you mentioned him coming in. Is he the most athletic Badger you've played with in, during your career in Wisconsin or has someone else come to mind? I mean, yeah, he's definitely up there. Um, he, he can get off the floor. He's got a few extra floors on the elevator compared to some of us. Um, but, yeah, he's a, he's a crazy athlete, definitely definitely up there in the guys that I've played with. Who Does he win the dunk contest if you guys all line up? And if, if so, is who's number two? Who's right next to him there? Hands down, he's number one. I'd say number two's got to be Marcus. Marcus, he, he doesn't get to show it off a whole lot, but if you, if you get there before warm-ups, he's definitely getting up in the, in the layup lines. I love it. What about Blackwell? I, I want to talk about John Blackwell. What's unique about him, specifically as a freshman? Um, I think what's really unique about him is that he's strong. Um, he can defend really well. And then he's just – he's pretty confident out there, calm and confident, I would say. So uh, you're not you're not really scared when the ball's in his hands. You know what you're going to get. He's going to try to make a play, usually make the right play, not turn it over. Um, he's going to go out there and get some stops, and that's exactly what we need um, from this team and this, from him coming off the bench. There's a guy who can come in, and we don't see a drop um, in the energy or the production when we get those bench guys in. And so when he comes in with a couple of those other guys, they really set the tone, and it's honestly a little better than – like sometimes they give us a little, a little extra juice for sure. Well, and talk to me about as kind of the veteran now. You're you're like that dude. You're like that elder statesman. Mm-hmm. Right? Are you kind of taking those guys? And Nolan Winters another one under your wing a little bit. Are they? Are you kind of helping them in, in that process? I mean, yeah. Last year, last year was was a little different being the only or being the oldest guy last year, figuring that out. And so this year, I just feel a little more comfortable um, in that role where um, relaying just some knowledge, um, what I see out there kind of passing it down, giving them um, what I think, and then both on, on the court and off the court where um, life as a freshman can be stressful. You're, you're, in, you're on your own for the first time. You got school, you got basketball, you got the social life. Um, so, yeah, just being there for questions and being able to kind of vent, voice my two cents on, on any topic. Does John Blackwell remind you of anybody? We were trying to internally talk about former Badgers, or other Big Ten guys. Does his game remind you of somebody? Honestly, <laughs> it's hard to like say like one person because he kind of does a little bit of everything out there. Like he'll get old boards, he'll guard one of the best wings, he'll he'll bring the ball up, he'll look to score the basket. So, I just, like it's hard to say just one player, but he's all around just solid. He's going to be a great Badger for sure. And then I want to go back to your game. What's the part of your game that doesn't get talked about enough? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of one of those guys that does a little bit of everything. Um, but being able to just kind of, for me, it's kind of control the game, um, control the, the momentum, be able to get our guys going a little bit more, kind of like the leadership or skills and uh, just going out there and winning the game where I'm going to go out there. Maybe I don't score the most points. Maybe I don't grab the most rebounds or dish out the most assists, um, but I'm going to do a little bit of everything to affect winning. Um, I'm usually coming out on top. <laughs> Let me ask you this. I, I think one of the – and this happened a couple times in the Virginia game where you would inbound the ball to Hep, he would get it back to you, and you would bring it up into the front court. Um, I think that's interesting. Not a lot of forwards do that. And Hepburn, I don't know if that's by design, if that's something to get some pressure off of him. I think your ball handling, you're kind of a secondary playmaker, is one of the more unique spots of your game. Do you ever get on guard 
a little bit? Like maybe you can be that pick and roll ball handler when you guys kind of have that weak side pick and roll. I mean, yeah. I mean, this year it's a little different because uh, like these these guards will come up and press Chucky. So kind of being that release for him and being able to just get into whatever offense that we're running. Um, I think that's a huge plus because it saves him energy. He doesn't have to work an extra eight seconds every single possession. Uh, we can kind of just get right into it. But, yeah, I mean, my playmaking, I feel like, is definitely something that, that helps the team out, whether that's just getting it in the paint, dishing it out, kind of getting the hockey assist or something, mm-hmm. just making plays and being aggressive and trying to get to the rim. And I, like I said, I think you should get on guard a little bit, see if you can be more of that, that pick-and-roll ball handler. I mean, I don't know if you've tried that already, but – I played the one in high school, but uh, I don't think I'm gonna be. I don't think I'm gonna be coming off the ball screens at the end of the shot clock. I don't think that's in his game plan. So who's when you're in practice? Who's the toughest guy for you to guard one on one on the team? Um, well, we haven't played one on one in a while. I'm usually guarding the bigger guys, but in the summertime, it's usually it's usually Chucky. Um, we play some one on one. John Blackwell's pretty good. I would say those those two are 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 the one on one guys. Coming up, we'll keep this conversation with Tyler Wall going, but today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. That's what brings home the winning trophy. It's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance, superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, or all of the above, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, the part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That is ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. And then I have a bunch of questions here. I hope you don't mind. A bunch of people, when I said, hey, Tyler Wall might be coming on the show, you set the record for the most people that gave me questions. I'm not going to get to all of them, but uh, some really good ones in here. I'm just going to start banging them out. This is from Rajiv. What part of your game have you developed the most over your time at Wisconsin? Um, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I feel like my shot's gotten gotten significantly better as I've gotten here. I just got to get them up a little bit more this season. Um, I feel really confident in that. Um, another thing I've developed is just my strength and my, my, uh, athleticism. Um, the strength coach here, he's done a really good job. Um, he's been with me now for this, our fourth year together. I had a different one my first year, but, um, just being able to move and be healthy. Um, don't really wake up like sore, like crazy sore, rolling out of bed, barely moving in the next day. Um, so just being stronger. Um, being able to take that contact from the bigs in the Big Ten, I think that's uh, that's something that kind of doesn't get talked about a whole lot, too. Uh, Rajiv, as well, which teammate over your entire time at Wisconsin has complimented your game the best when he's been out on the, on the court with you? Has complimented your game the best, like uh, the easiest to play with? Um, I think Johnny was really good. I mean, it's it's hard <laughs> it's hard to kind of kind of pick anyone else other than that, but. I mean, like he got so much attention out there where I was really able to let my games, my game thrive, where I was kind of doing the dirty work, kind of buy into a role my junior year um, and just help the team win, where that was that was kind of setting screens, getting rebounds, scoring the balls too well, um, just doing a little bit of everything and be, having that freedom to go out there and do it. 
Let me ask you this. I've always wondered, because that following year, your usage rate had to spike. You were asked to carry a bigger load of the scoring, obviously, with Johnny not there. How big of an adjustment was that for you, and how difficult was that? Um, It it wasn't too bad. I feel like early on it was just kind of feeling it out. Um, And then it took took a few games to kind of figure it out. And then once I was in there, um, I was feeling pretty confident. And then then it got hurt. And so I just feel like it'll, it'll get back to it. I'm starting to feel great right now, but uh, yeah. This one is from um, 4724. Uh, on your free throw, he, he thinks, have you made an adjustment this offseason? He said he's seen a little more arc on your free throws. Is that something that is true? And if so, is that something that you've been working on or the coaches have been working on with you? I mean, maybe not necessarily the free throws. I think my overall shot this last year, um, I put a lot of work into it this summer. Um, it feels a lot smoother. It feels a lot um, just like effortlessly um, getting it up there. But, yeah, that's definitely something that came along with it. I wouldn't say there was an emphasis on really putting more arc on the ball, but uh, just making a few a few tweaks here and there, um, and it's coming off the hand good. Uh, this one's from Herb. Um, what's your prep prior to each game? Do you have a routine? Do you, are you superstitious? Like, what do you do prior to a game? What do you listen to? Everyone's got their, their tracks on. Yeah, um, it depends if it's a, if it's a home game. We usually have shoot around um, in the afternoon. I'll come home. I'll watch like a full game of whoever we're playing again. Um, kind of get me in that mindset, and then I head into the gym a couple of hours early, get some shots up. Kind of hit that same shooting routine to get me warmed up. Um, head in the weight room. Don't really listen. Don't have like a specific set of music, but uh, some superstitious. I'll always put like my left shoe on. Right shoe on, tie the left shoe, tie the right shoe. Flip, have you ever flipped it up? Like, what happens if you flip it up and you go out and you drop 35 on Marquette? Well, if I drop 35 on Marquette, you'll know why then. If I, <laughs> I love it. Here's, here's a question. I'm interested in this, and this is a second part from her, but I have a bit of a follow-up. I, I know there's been discussions about playing with a little more tempo, especially when you add a guy like Store. You have Black Hole with athleticism. I think you play really well in tempo. It allows some of your shooters to get in space. Is is that an emphasis in practice? And if so, how difficult is that at times to find that right balance between that tempo and then also controlling the ball, the ball, not turning it over? I mean, yeah, we, we've kind of we've uh, gotten into kind of a new like secondary break offense um, where now there's not as much confusion. When, like if we're running a play or we're running the swing or something where now we just kind of go right into it if it if it's off of a if it's off of a miss. Um, where we get the ball in quickly off of a off of a main basket, we're just right into it, and so that's something that we've been doing. Um, but it's been good. I mean, getting the ball transition, it, it allows for you to get the defense with uh with them not really set, not really all in the right spot, and so getting those extra buckets in a game, um, if it comes down to like a one possession, two possession game, those really those really stick out and, and can help you out for sure. Well, I, I want to specifically – it's great that you mentioned that, the secondary break. I noticed some of that against Virginia um, in the last game as well. Against um, What are you trying to get out of that? So for fans who maybe aren't used to that term, that's basically you're going right into some type of motion while the defense maybe has cross matches. It looks like there's some high pick and roll or dribble handoff action out of it. What are you trying to get out of that secondary break? Um, it's obviously different little time, different things every time. We got we got some other things. I can't give out too much information because I don't know. <laughs> no, completely fair. Give out what you're comfortable and nothing else. I just feel like it allows for uh, mismatches, and so you get the ball moving side to side across the court a couple of times, or maybe even the first side. But uh, 
you just mismatches. Guys aren't really know, or if you get like a different defender on you, he might not know the scout of, on you a hundred percent. Or if you're constantly chasing around a guy like Connor and then you get matched up on, on Steven or me in transition, you don't really know what to do when it's coming. The offense is coming right at you. And so kind of just taking advantage of those and being able to get, um, baskets without having to work for them as, as hard as we, as we had to in the past. It's really exploiting those cross matches. Hopefully mm -hmm. uh, this one's from six, six, five, three favorite, favorite moment as a Badger. Um, my favorite moment, it's gotta be when we put the Chucky bank, like that's gotta be no time. That's that was, awesome. Um, when we went into Indiana and won the big 10, that was a lot of fun. There's, there's a lot of like, it's as much as the as much as it I don't like losing like winning's just always going to be one of the best memories and winning championships it's, it's something that you come here to do and something that always sticks out when it comes when uh when that question gets asked do you have a favorite big 10 team to play against um it depends like I love playing in the uh like the Michigan State arena like I feel like they got a nice floor like the gym's bright um like that's probably my favorite arena to play in. Um, my uh, Iowa's always fun to play against because they don't really like me too much. Uh, they're all they're like they're all fun. They're all different and unique in their own ways. But those two might be my top two. We had a question in here. Um, if Hunter Dickinson was stranded on the side of the road, would you stop and help him? Oh yeah, have to have to. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. You sure? <laughs> Oh, let's see. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, here's a, here's one. Um, this is from Caleb, and we, we touched on this a little bit, but he, he asked kind of, why'd you come back this year? Is there something, some unfinished goal? And then at the end of this year, what is a successful year for you guys? Like, what what do you have to do to say, yeah, that was a success this year? Um, well, I came back because um, it was just the, the city of Madison is just so great, and I feel like I've had such great times here. Um, my teammates, my coaches, like my family, all great memories. And so passing that up and not really getting that team experience um, like you do in the – like if you go in the professionals, you don't get that team experience that you do really here in Madison where you have everyone working for one goal, and that's to win games, win championships. And so that's always our expectation. Um, I feel like even if we don't reach that, that's like a successful year is going out there winning a lot of games, making some noise, being a lot better than last year, um, and continue to get better throughout the season. Where last year we had ups and downs, ups and downs, where this year um, we really got to be a little more consistent. And I think being, having a successful season is continually to get better throughout the year, um, regardless of wins and losses, and be playing towards the end of March. That's awesome, man. Um, biggest prankster on the team from Brian Shetty. Oh, the biggest prankster? Um... It's got to be Ross, Ross Candelino. He's a, he's a prankster. <laughs> Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy platform in North America, and it is that for a reason. It is the simplest, quickest, easiest to use DFS platform that's out there. It's what I use because I don't want to compete against a bunch of other people who have all the time in the world on their hands. I don't have that. You just pick between two and six players over under on statistical categories. And you win. You watch the money roll in if you pick correctly. It's just you against the stats. It's your brain against the numbers, not your brain against an army of people plugged into data. It makes it easier, faster, more enjoyable, quicker, 
and it is incredibly simple to use and get started. You log in, look at your stats, look at your players, and just pick over under. You can be done in 60 seconds, just like that. In and out, clickety-clack, make your picks. Plus, we talked about Apple Pay, quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. Prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. Uh, here's a question from Jeff about the defense. Um, it, it looked just from watching it from Jeff's perspective, more engaged, a little better against Virginia, um, SMU as well. Is that, is that something that you guys have noticed as, as the season has gone on? Maybe you guys have gelled a little bit. There are se- several new pieces on this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we're, we got new people. Um, we played two solid teams those first, those uh, the Tennessee and Providence. And so we lost those two games. And obviously our defense wasn't wasn't doing too well on those two teams, giving up 80 and 70-some points. Um, so that was something that we had to really have a point of emphasis on in practice, um, really lock it in. And I think that We've been hearing it all fall, all summer, um, but it, it, you're really not going to learn unless you go out there and, and feel the game. And so going through film, going through practice, and just showing up and getting better is something that uh, I feel like happened after that after that Providence game. Does Greg Garden – tell me what you can tell us. Obviously, don't give away – we're not asking for anything, anything from behind the locker room, but – is great guard fiery at those halftime moments when maybe the defense doesn't lock in as much as it hoped? Does he get after you guys? I mean, yeah, it's going to be different every game and what on what the team needs. Some some nights you're going to be you're going to be locked in. You're going to have a whole bunch of energy and the ball's not going to fall. And so at that point, um, he's probably not going to be yelling at us. And then sometimes we do need to get like a fire lit under us. And so for giving up a whole bunch of points, like he can definitely get after us. But that's that's what you want your head coach to do for sure. Uh, here's one from uh, Neza. Do you have a f- favorite Badger basketball player ever, or or even somebody that you look up to at the NBA ranks? Who do you look up to on the basketball side as an athlete? Um, well, my favorite Badger basketball player ever has to be Brevin Pritzel senior year when he was going absolutely crazy when we were winning. The- um, there's not really anyone I look up to. I feel like, um, like the Wisconsin Badger basketball player. You kind of have the same personality tra- traits as the one before you. So, um, just taking it from a whole bunch of, or taking clips and ideas, and play style and all that from different types of people who kind of played the same position as me before. Um, I think that's that's helpful. But I wouldn't say there's necessarily one individual that um, I'm following and keeping track of. Uh, how is transfer? So I've always been curious about this. I've talked to coaches about this, um, but I haven't really asked a player. How has the transfer portal affected team dynamics at the NIL aspect? Is it tougher in the locker room with, with that aspect of it? Or once you guys are in there, it's just all kind of a family. It doesn't really matter. Um, I feel like it depends. I've had, a, I've had a few transfers come in and out of here um, since my time here. And it really depends if, if they're coming from a spot that doesn't have the culture that we have. Um, I've seen some, some of the kids um, kind of be a little awkward or not as all in right away. Um, but I feel like the culture we have here and kind of that foundation that's been set in place before even I got here, um, once you're in and you you see how everything works, it's it's hard not to buy in. And so luckily this year, I feel like everyone's pretty everyone's bought in, um, listen to coach, listen to the players, and we're all just here on the same mission trying to win games. 
really quickly with the culture, I think, and again, like I said, we're going to run out of time before questions, but the culture is something that's been here for a long time. You've been a part of it. You're going to make it better with what you've done here. How does that play for a younger guy, maybe like a Connor Seijin, who is in a little bit of a slump compared to what he did last year? Like he's probably never been in this type of slump. Is that something that the culture is there to help guys like that as it's going through the slump? And is have you reached out? I mean, obviously reached out, but what kind of advice have you given him as he's kind of going through this beginning of the year? Um, yeah, I mean, that culture, it can, it can feel very lonely being like a college basketball player, especially if, if you, your teammates aren't really behind you. If you feel like your teammates or the program or the fan base or whatever is really not behind you, it can be a lo- really lonely place. So <clears throat> having that culture um, is really helpful. And so he can he can not only come up to me, but he can reach out to other other older guys um, that have maybe gone through that kind of the little slump that he's going through right now. Um, but I think the I think the bottom line is or what I've told him is that he's, it's going to be fine. Like you're going to get out of it. Just keep doing it. Keep showing up every day. Keep trying to get better. Um, and buy into the team because when when you're going out there, you're doing it for your teammates and not necessarily for yourself or your coaches or whatever. Um, I feel like that's when you're playing at your best. That's awesome. All right, last bit here. This is kind of rapid fire. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, best Badger to come out of Lakeville North. You gotta say myself, right? <laughs> I know. What do you, What do you know about Jack Robinson? Like, can you give us any insight there? I know he's a, a few several years behind you, but. Yeah, I mean, he, he's another another hard-nosed Lakeville guy. He's going to put the ball in the hoop. He's going to do the little things. Um, kind of just a little bit, little like a little little smaller version of me. He can shoot the ball pretty well. Yeah. Love it. Uh, better post player, you or Steven Crowell? Um, it, dep- it depends on what, like, what's the, what's the, just a score, like a score. I feel like he's got. Like he can get to his spots, he can get to get to that hook shot in the middle. He can go off the glass. Like he's a good passer. Me, I'm kind of all over the place. Where you're really not gonna know um, my drop step with the mm-hmm. little play. Might go with a hook shot. Might just get in there, two feet pass it. So I think I can't. I can't really answer. It. We play play different games a little bit. In a That's, fair. That's fair. Better post player historically, Kaminsky or Ethan Happ? Um, I would say. Ethan. Ethan's better in the paint. But uh Kaminsky could like when you got that guy out there, you can blow by him. It opens it opens the floor up a little bit. Yeah, I think that's a good answer. Uh and uh, we're in the NIL era. Which sponsor needs to reach out to Tyler Wall? Who which which sponsor would you be perfect for? Culver's. Culver's because I get a lot of Culver's and it's my fast food restaurant. <laughs> I love it. Um, best, uh, we talked about this one, um, best athlete you've ever played at Wisconsin. And we, you mentioned store, you mentioned, um, trying to think Johnny Davis earlier, a little bit, maybe. Yeah, Johnny. Michael was a good athlete. Michael Potter. Those are the three guys that really stick out to me. Demetri Trice was a good athlete. Like me, out of the gym, but he was, he was quick as can be. That's a good one. I want to guess that. Uh, you have to swing the ball into the corner. You have two seconds left. You're down three. Which teammate do you want in the corner? John John Blackwell. That's his spot. That's his spot. Uh, what's your hidden talent? Um, I can juggle. That's really? so I juggle pretty well. You know, Frite can do that too. I had him on the show, and that's he bu- he busted out tennis balls during the show. It's pretty impressive. I'm not <laughs> saying you got to do that. I'm just saying he did. 
I got no, I don't have any any juggling balls around here. But no, oh, no worries. I'm just saying he did. Um, what's the worst game you've ever played in your life as a basketball player? Um, I know exactly what it is. It's definitely when I was in middle school. We were playing. I think we were playing like Lakeville South. So it was Lakeville North, Lakeville South. And we had all my buddies, or like all the middle schoolers, were there like watching because it was at Lakeville North. And like I thought I was so cool. So I had like all my buddies there. I was maybe being too cool um, to really play. Didn't have the best game, like did did whatever, but wasn't like diving on the ground, wasn't doing my normal thing. And I remember getting in the car and that was one of those games where Pops just Pops just lit you up. <laughs> where you, you think you're like you're hot stuff, huh? But I think that's one. That's awesome. I love I love that part of it, Pops. Um, what's the toughest loss you've ever had? Um my freshman year, I think we lost by like thirty or forty to Michigan State, and that was not fun. They were just running, or we were down by forty. I think we cut it to like fifteen or twenty, but that was not fun. Minnesota wasn't fun. My freshman year, but that was a long time ago. Really got blown out. I feel like. All right, last last group here. We're gonna ask you how well does Tyler Wall. No Tyler Wall. Okay. You ready? Career uh, career high at Wisconsin. How many points? Twenty three against two. Kansas and maybe Ohio State. Close. Kansas and Rutgers. Okay. Twenty three is it? Most rebounds in a game for Tyler Wall. Over under thirteen point five. Over. That's got to be over. I think I had like fifteen against Green Bay one Nailed year. It. Nailed it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you crushed that game show, man. All right, so he is uh, Tyler Wall. <laughs> Go check out uh, – obviously, you guys know him. You're watching the show, but his Twitter is there, TJWall01. Same on Instagram, correct? Yeah. Anywhere else that people can follow you? Um, anywhere, anything else you have that's going on? It's pretty much all I got going on. Simple man. I doubt that. Um, <laughs> he is Tyler Wall. Big game coming up against Marquette. Really quickly, what's the, the key to victory coming up against Marquette on Saturday? Um, we just got to come out there, um, do what we do, play our game. Um, and we usually when we do that, we, we end up on the, on the good side of the, of the scoreboard. So we go out, do our thing, play good team ball, play for each other, and, and that'll get the job done. And if you switch up your shoes and drop 35. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll tie my right shoe and that'll be – then we'll win by 20. Dude, if you do that, though, and you score like nine or have a terrible game, I'm going to feel absolutely awful. So maybe don't do that. He is Tyler Wall. This is Lockdown Badgers. Thank you so, so much for everybody tuning in. Tyler, thank you so much for your time as well. And good luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me.